you guys. Welcome to this week's podcast. We're going to be doing something just a little bit different this week. Number one, we happen to be in the middle of a pandemic at the time of this recording, which means that we, because we live in Colorado, are not allowed to actually leave our house unless it's absolutely necessary for groceries and other, you know, types of emergency situations. And number two, I recorded a Facebook Live in my Facebook group today, and I really felt that it was so powerful and so timely that I wanted to share it with everyone that is a listener to my podcast, which by the way, if you are not a part of my Path to Purpose Facebook group on Facebook, I really do encourage you to go and join that group. You can just go to Facebook and search for the Path to Purpose uh, with Shalise, and you'll find my group. It's a private group, so you'll have to ask to join. But that is where I share the most, I would say, up-to-date content. So it's a, a smaller group. It's growing every day, but that is the place where you will access Uh, the things that I'm doing on a daily basis. But anyway, rather than make everybody go over to that Facebook Live to get this content, I wanted to share it on my podcast as well. So the name of the Facebook Live is called Now Is Your Time. And I really believe that it's going to bless you. So before we hop in and start that, let me just pray. Father, I thank you for today's podcast. I thank you that Every single listener is listening to this podcast by divine appointment today, and you have something that you want to speak specifically to them. In the crazy things that are happening in the world today, Father, there is a perspective in the middle of it all that is your perspective. And there has never been a greater time, at least in my lifetime, Father, to demonstrate that you are who you say you are, that Jesus has done what he has done, and that we live in union with you and are now partakers of your divine nature. Father, this is a time for miracles. This is a time, Father, for the kingdom to demonstrate its dominion over the world system. And for believers to rise up, Father, in the power of the Holy Spirit, using the authority of Jesus' name to release heaven on earth. And so, Father, I just pray today that as we listen to this Facebook Live, that you would speak personally to each and every listener. And Father, you would empower them to make the kingdom the number one priority in their life, to make surrendering to the call of God on their life their number one priority. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would use this podcast to glorify Jesus through your body and that every single member of your body, Father, that is listening today would hear from heaven about the part that you want them to play in manifesting your will on earth as it is in heaven, in Jesus' name. All right, you guys. Well, we're going to jump right into the recording from the Facebook Live, and I pray that this absolutely is a word in due season for you. God bless. Hey, you guys. I think we're live. 
Happy Tuesday. It's Facebook Live Tuesday, for me anyway, and I am going to be talking about a really awesome talk topic today that I think is actually really, really important given all the time, the, the, just kind of the crazy time that we're living in. And I think it's a topic that I, I don't think we talk about enough. I mean, obviously I talk about it a lot, but I'm not sure that everybody is out there talking about this as much as they need to be. And now that we are in quarantine and people have more time on their hands than ever, I feel like it was a good time to bring it up. And what I want to talk about is uh, why most people are kind of wasting time. I don't even know if I want to talk about why. I want to talk about the problem of how so many people are wasting their time on things that in the end aren't going to matter at all. And I think because of the quarantine right now, I think people are thinking about things at a deeper level. Uh, I think that anytime we go through a tragedy or we go through uh, something like this, I mean, I, I don't remember a time where in America, you know, things felt so, um, I don't know, uncertain, uncertain, except back during maybe after 9-11. I mean, <clears throat> this is a, you know, a time of uncertainty. I think when things are uncertain, it causes us to start to kind of get below the surface level. And we start to think about, I don't know, things that are not things that we normally think about. I know, in, you know, when I wrote my book, I actually had a whole series of chapters in the book that I talked about uh, just wake up calls. And I, I walked you guys through or walked the readers through just a series of wake up calls that I had in my own life that I feel like God used. They were really actually necessary wake up calls to get me to surrender to the call of God in my life. Hi, Kaylee. So good to see you here. I love you. I miss you too. And, you know, looking back, my hindsight's always 2020. I mean, I don't know that while I was walking through those wake up calls, that I really understood that that's what was happening. I mean, the first one was uh, in my 20s. And I remember that someone very close to me passed away. And it was my first real experience with losing someone that I personally knew, that I was in close relationship with. And I will tell you, it was a real jar to me. And, you know, in your 20s, you're kind of famous for thinking that you're an invisible invisible, not invisible, invincible. <laughs> Maybe some people think they're invisible. Goodness knows I was a little wild in my 20s. So I probably there were times I thought I was invisible, but that's a whole nother Facebook live topic. Anyway, um, the point is, is that a lot of times we have this illusion that we're invincible when we're young. And this was like a real like in my face that holy smokes, like I, I'm actually going to die someday. And I know that may sound morbid, uh, to even be bringing that up, here we are in the midst of this pandemic, and you know, here Shalise is talking about this stuff. It's so morbid, but the reality of it is, for believers, you guys, we are called to live from a different perspective. We are called to live from an eternal perspective, and most of us are in denial that we're even. You know, a lot of people are even in denial that there is that we are going to die someday, and then as believers. We're also in, we also have this illusion that death is the end or something. And it's just, just been programmed into us by the world system. And that's okay. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to go there today because first of all, it is a really good time to talk about it because things are uncertain and it's, it's like right there at the front of the front of our minds a little more than it maybe it would be if this wasn't going on. And I will tell you the power of that 
in my own life was for me to come face to face with my own mortality for a minute. And thank goodness it did happen when I was young because some people don't even think about it. They just kind of skate through their whole life, never thinking about it. And but what I what I started to recognize kind of through that my my own experience in my own life is that there had to be a point to this. There had to be a point to me being here. And it made me start to ask the deeper questions of life. Like, who am I? Why am I actually here? Uh, what is the point of all this? What's the meaning of life? And, you know, at the time, I wasn't necessarily walking with Jesus. I wasn't really, uh, I wouldn't, you know, I mean, I, it's not that I didn't believe in Jesus. It just wasn't like the priority of my life. And so I didn't really have a grid for a lot of to answer those questions in a deep way. And I sure wasn't hearing God's voice clearly for myself. So, you know, I had grown up in the Bible Belt. I had a whole lot of religious ideas about God. And so I didn't even really know where to begin to start on this journey to figure out what was the meaning of my life. And, you know, it's pretty interesting to me that most people kind of live in this I don't know what I want to call it. It's not, it's almost like a stupor or like this uh, trance of some kind, I, I think, where it takes something like a pandemic or it takes something like a tragedy in our lives to kind of shake us out of it and ask some of these deep questions like, what is actually the meaning of our life? And as believers, really, we, we need to wake up. We need to actually recognize that this world and this world system is not why we're here. This is not, you know, this is all temporal. This is, it's almost like if you've ever seen the matrix or something, this is like, it's a, it's the pattern of this world. There is a system that we're living under and we are called to not only discern that system, but live independent from that system. And in order to do that, we do have to wake up and get off of that system. I mean, I'm amazed at how many people, even, you know, yesterday in yesterday's coaching call, I was coaching people who, you know, either have lost their jobs or uh, are in needing need of employment right now. And I get that. I get that the, the economy is super uncertain right now and that we need, we need finances to live and uh, that, you know, these can be very scary times when you don't know, you know, how you're going to take care of yourself or you and your family. And I, I do understand that that pressure can feel scary and it can feel frightening. But I also know the gospel promises us that there is an entirely different system, that we are citizens of heaven, that we have been translated from the kingdom of darkness, darkness and placed into the kingdom of God's dear son, and that there is a way of life for those of us who have been recreated in Christ and live in union with God, that we are called to live independent of this world system. And we have a source that is not of this world. Our king of our kingdom is not of this world. And he is a supernatural provider. And he has not just a source to provide for you, but there's an entire kingdom that, although invisible, is real. And it lives inside of each and every one of us. And so approaching our life should be from a completely different paradigm from those that don't know Jesus, from those that have not been born again. That, And I say born again, those that have not experienced the new birth from an experiential standpoint. And why am I sharing that? You know, Matthew 6 kind of goes through this <clears throat> sermon that Jesus is giving 
where he is, he's telling everybody to start not worry, to not worry about their life. And, you know, we, we've actually been programmed by the world system that worry is responsible, that, you know, to worry about our life is, is somehow the responsible thing to do. And when you read through Matthew 6, if you really read it for what it says, this is like the most irresponsible way to live that I don't know that I could even imagine. It, it says, let me just go down here in Matthew 6. It says, verse 25, it says, this is why I tell you to never be worried about your life for all that you need will be provided, such as food, water, clothing, everything your body needs. Is there more, isn't there more to life than a meal? Isn't your body more than clothing? He's like, look at the birds. Do you think they worry about their existence? They don't plant, reap or store up food. We could think like, hey, they don't go to work. Yet your heavenly father provides them each with food. Aren't you much more valuable to your father than they? So which of you by worrying could add one thing to your life? And why would you worry about your clothing? Look at all the beautiful flowers of the field. They don't toil. And yet they are even Solomon and all the splendor was robed, um, was robed in beauty. Uh, and yet not even Solomon in all of his splendor was robed in beauty more than one of these. So if God clothed the meadow of hay and is here for such a short time, Clothe the meadow with hay, which is here for such a short time, and then dried up and burned, won't he provide for you the clothes you need, even though you live with such little faith? In verse 31, it says, so then forsake your worries. Why would you say, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? For that is what un the unbelievers chase after. Doesn't your heavenly father already know the things your bodies require? So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all of these less important things will be given to you abundantly. And then verse 34, it says, refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. Tomorrow will take care of itself. And so I want to just talk through a little bit this idea that, you know, unbelievers are chasing after their you know, their substance, their everyday, uh, they're, they're what they need to survive, their everyday survival. But it says that in, in the kingdom, that when we seek first the kingdom, that all of that other stuff is provided to us. And so I want to talk about the importance of that and, and what that actually means and why this time is the perfect time to actually just be done with seeking anything but the kingdom first. And it's a, actually a very, very practical thing that it, to seek the kingdom. I think a lot of times we read scripture and I know, especially in charismatic circles, everything is, you know, just so, you know, encounters and rainbows and unicorns. And I don't know, just out there in the, ooh, you know, spirit realm. And sometimes we need to bring this stuff down to like a super practical level. And so I want to say, what does it mean to seek first the kingdom? And we're talking about priorities today. And I wanted to talk about how to stop wasting our time on things that don't matter, especially in the quarantine. And especially since the stuff is top, top of our mind. And I want to go to John chapter 17. John 17 to me is one of the most powerful chapters in the Bible. This is a recording of Jesus's conversation with the father right before he went to the cross. It is a prayer that he was praying. Uh, I think it is one of the most insightful prayers or one of the most insightful exchanges between Jesus and the father and kind of their relationship. I just like it for a lot of reasons, but I want to start to read it. I mean, the, my point is that this is at the end of Jesus's life. And 
again, I don't I don't mean to be morbid talking about the end of our life and stuff. But at some point, if we are going to end up at the end of our life where we want to end up at the end of our life, then we need to think about it while we still have life to live. And when we are in times of uncertainty and times of transition, this is the time to think about it. Uh, so it, this is what he says. It says, verse one, this is what Jesus prayed as he looked up into heaven. Father, the time has come. Unveil the glorious splendor of your son so that I will magnify your glory. In verse two, he says, you have already given me authority over all people that I may give the gift of eternal life to all that you have given me. In verse three, he says, eternal life means to know and experience you as the only true God and to know and experience Jesus Christ as the son whom you have sent. I have glorified you, verse four, on earth by faithfully doing everything you told me to do. Verse five, so my father, restore me back to glory, the glory that we shared together when we were face to face before the universe was created. Now, I'm going to read, um, I'm going to read in the amplified version, verse four and five. It says, I have glorified you down here on earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. And verse five, he says, now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory and the majesty that I had with you before the world existed. Now, I'm going to stop here for a moment because verse number four is one of the most powerful and most important verses to me that we will ever grasp. And it absolutely has everything to do with Matthew 633 that says seeking first the kingdom. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Nisa. You guys, thanks for joining. Um, love you guys. Uh, here's what I want to say about that. He says, again, I have glorified you down here on earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. And what's interesting about that is he also says, I want you to, he, that he, verse five is it's time for him to get glorified back with the majesty that he had with the father before the world existed. And so <clears throat> I want to try to break this out. Help me, Holy Spirit. Okay. First off, at the end of our lives, what is going to matter, okay, is that we also can pray this prayer and we can say, Father, we have glorified you here on earth by finishing the work that you gave us to do. And you may think right now to yourself, well, I don't, I mean, I don't, I'm not Jesus. I don't, I don't have this like super important work to do that's going to glorify the Father. And first off, I really have to correct you with that because when, if you are thinking that way, then what that means is that you have no clue about who you really are. You have yet to actually experience yourself as you actually exist, not only on this planet, but as you will exist for all of eternity. Because the gospel is a message about you living in union with Jesus Christ. And all throughout the new, new covenant, as a matter of fact, I was just looking at like the 256 times that the in Christ language is used in the New Testament. The whole gospel is a message about your union with God and that the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, that you are the holy, uh, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Uh, as Jesus is, so are you in this world. In fact, if you keep reading in John 17, he says that the world is going to know that he is real because we're going to live in union with him the way in, with Jesus, the way that Jesus lives in union with the father. And so 
for you to even begin to think that somehow you don't have a life purpose or you don't have some kind of work to do while you're here on the planet that is going to glorify the father and that at the end of your life, it's going to matter whether or not you did that work is a huge, huge, huge deception. And it is what keeps people paycheck minded. It is what keeps people job minded. It's what keeps people worried about things that don't even matter in the end, like the temporal comforts of our world. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those things. <clears throat> I'm saying that your source of those things matters. And if your source is the world system versus the father, which is providing those things, honestly, in conjunction with your purpose, then, I mean, I'm just saying I'm, I'm contrasting those things. I mean, it's not the things that are the issue. It's the, are you doing the work in the father's business that you're here to do? Uh, and those things being provided as you do that? Or are you seeking after those things through the world system? And that is a huge deal. Uh, I mentioned earlier, I mean, even, you know, I have a couple of people in our program right now that are in transition, right? So people in between jobs, people that have lost jobs. And it's always like a, you know, a scary thing for people when they come in to emerge, when they're, you know, when they're in that, that place, because you're, you're kind of like Israel, the Israelites that when they were coming after Egypt, when all you've known is a job and a paycheck and you have not really left it all to follow Jesus and to answer the call of God on your life and surrender to the call of God on your life. All you know is a paycheck. All you know is making bricks, you know, without straw and working for Pharaoh and working for the man and, you know, living paycheck to paycheck or whatever. Maybe you went to college. Maybe it's not paycheck to paycheck. Maybe you're actually even prospered. Sometimes that's even worse. That was my story, right? I was like a vice president in this Fortune 500 company, and I had, had built a life around this career and around that system. And I still had no clue about actually what I was here on the planet to do. And it's funny to me that through those series of wake-up calls that I went through in my life, I ended up waking up to the reality of what is actually important, which is fulfilling my purpose. And now my purpose is helping the sons of God wake up and surrender to the call of God on their life so that they can fulfill their purpose. Why? Because it's going to matter when we get to the end of our lives and we stand before Jesus. I kind of always have this funny little vision with Jesus about this, because as someone who is a, I mean, I call myself a life purpose coach. I mean, that's kind of the non-religious way to say what I do. I mean, what I really do in Bible language is it's apostolic. I I mature the sons of God and I release them into the, the fullness of who they are in Christ so that they can fulfill the work that they're here on the planet to do so that we can advance the kingdom and we, that the father's business can prosper here on earth. And uh, I'm saying all of this to say, I was, I was making a point. I just lost it. That, it is going to matter. I have this little, Oh, I know what I was going to say. I have this little like kind of ongoing joke with Jesus that, you know, with all of my clients and my students that I get to coach and the people that I've mentored over the years, like, I mean, I, I, Andrew's on here. I mean, I've just Kaylee. I mean, I have, you know, this whole thing of, of me wanting to see people step into their purpose and watch them blossom and glorify Jesus because there's this unique expression of the Godhead inside of that person. I mean, that has been my passion way before I had emerged. Wait, you know, I just, 
I instinctively have always done this. I've always been connected to the human potential and to the potential that is, that is in us. And my ongoing little encounter with Jesus is that someday when we are in heaven and we're I always kind of picture it like, you know, like the Academy Awards or something, but way better. Like we're all dressed to the nines and we're just like in the red carpet and we're coming in to get, you know, just all of the rewards that are going to, we're going to, we're going to get from this life. I mean, Paul talks about a crown of righteousness and in Revelation, it talks about these different crowns. I mean, literal crowns and rewards. I mean, it says that you've been, you know, one guy was faithful over a few cities and now he's, he's ruler over all these cities. And we, we forget that there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth and that we literally are going to live on this planet. I mean, heaven is not going to be somewhere in the by and by in some, you know, non-physical place. Like there is actually going to be a new earth and there are going to be there's going to be responsibilities and there's going to be, it's going to be an amazing place and there's going to be rewards. But I, my, my vision is, is that I kind of see this like award ceremony where I'm standing there and, you know, all of the people that I've impacted with my life, the people that I've, I, I have poured into and that I have partner with Jesus to help them see themselves and do the work that they're here on the planet to do. I mean, I kind of joke that, you know, they're going to be getting their crowns and their rewards and all this stuff. And Jesus is going to look over at me and kind of, kind of wink at me because I had something to do. I had a part to play in that person fulfilling the work that they were here to do. And so why am I saying all of this? Because this really is at the end of the day, the most serious thing and I think it takes something sometimes like a pandemic. It takes something like a tragedy in our lives to wake us up that this life is temporal. It is not all that there is. And it we have a purpose for being here. We have a purpose to glorify Jesus, to, to express who the Father is like. And the dreams that are in our hearts, they really, really matter. In fact, those are clues to what why we're here. You know, when we get on the breakthrough calls with people, it's like, you know, I joke. It's like I work in the DMV of heaven, meaning I give, it's funny, the DMV of heaven is like a place where you, you come and like, I, I, it's like, we see you and we're like, oh, this is who you are in heaven. Like, this is your heavenly persona. And then we give you this like license and we say, hey, now go be you, go change the world, go glorify Jesus, like dream. Yes. Those are God's dreams. He loves big, impossible things that show that he's an amazing father that show that Jesus actually conquered death and sickness and disease on the cross. And, and, and he's put gifts in you and talents in you and you can partner with the Holy Spirit in ways that release something that is so anointed and so glorious that you you know it's not of this uh, this world. There is a genius inside of you named Jesus, and he wants to express himself through the dreams that are in your heart and the gifts that he's given you. And when you apply yourself and you 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 work in those things that you are naturally and supernaturally gifted to do, you will rise. You will rise. How do I know? Because I did leave it all. I did leave the cushy job and all of that stuff in 2004. I did, I did the biblical thing that Jesus told people over and over again, which was leave your nets and follow me. You know, leave your fishing business, Peter, and follow me. It's, is it scary? Yes. Is it scary? To not do it? Yes. So it's like, what is safety? Our, our primary motivation in life? Because the reality of it is the world system is an illusion of safety. And if we've never known that before, well, let's look around right now. 
I would much rather put my chips in, in, in the kingdom. If I'm a betting person, I'm going to bet on Jesus. I'm going to bet on the kingdom providing for me. And I will tell you, I, I wrote a, a whole, um, a whole, uh, what do I want to call it? Just a prayer declaration yesterday about that. I'll post up here that it was really this prayer declaration about just prospering in the pandemic, uh, staying healthy in the pandemic. Why? Because we have diplomatic immunity to the world system and to the curse. We have diplomatic immunity to poverty. We have diplomatic immunity to things. And you're, I know some people are like, well, there's poor people all over the world. And if we have diplomatic immunity, why isn't that working? And I'm saying it's because they don't know the gospel. I'm saying that they don't know who they are. I'm saying that they're not living in, in union with Jesus because Jesus promised in John 14. I'm going to read it because I've been sitting with this. Um, and it's a part of that declaration. But Jesus said that he, that those of us that follow him, we will do the same works that he did and even greater works because he was going to, to be with the father. And so what I'm saying is that there is a way to live supernaturally above the curse. There is a way to live the way the Bi people in the Bible have proven is possible over and over again. I mean, Jesus was not living based on the Roman Empire. He was living by living in union with Jesus, I mean, with the father and doing what the father was doing. And he had, was on another system and he lived in a, in the miraculous zone. He lived in the greater works zone. He was taking dominion over the seen realm, walking on water, speaking to bread and watching it multiply, getting fit gold out of a fish's mouth. I mean, there is a supernatural way of living for believers in the kingdom. And I want to say this because you're like, well, it doesn't work for me. Right? That doesn't that's not my experience. Well, that's probably because you've never been trained in the supernatural. Jesus spent three years with his disciples training them, training them how to heal the sick, training them how to walk on water, training them to carry on his supernatural ministry after he went to be with the Lord. He said these signs will follow those that believe here in John 14. He says, let me find it. It says, oh, let me get in the passion translation because it's just so powerful. Verse nine, Philip, I've been with you all this time and you still don't know who I am. How could you ask me to show you the father for anyone who has looked at me has seen the father? Why? Because he was living in union with God. And verse 10, he says, don't you believe that the father is living in me and that I am living in the father? Even my words are not my own, but come from my father. For he lives in me and performs his miracles of power through me. Believe that I live as one with my father and that my father lives as one with me, or at least believe because of the mighty miracles I have done. Now, I'm going to stop here for a second, because what Jesus is saying is that miracles are the proof that he was living, that he was one with the father. And I'm going to tell you that when you get a revelation of your union with God and you really believe it, I mean, you believe it. You know, when the devil's taking you through the, the wilderness and he's trying to convince you that you are not who God says you are. I mean, Jesus had to believe. He had to believe that he lived in union with the father. He had to believe he had to grow in wisdom and stature. And right here, he is saying, when you see me, you see the father and beloved, we are the body of Christ. When people see us, they should see Jesus. They should see the evidence that Jesus is who he says he is and that he has conquered death. He has overcome sin and that he is alive. We are his body. He is the head. And that means that we are one with him. Even the picture of us being his bride is a picture of union. It's a picture of being one with him. And he's saying, don't believe. And, and I guess I, we need to get to the place where our lives 
are the demonstration of that, where we can look to people. I mean, how bold and arrogant would it be for us to say things like, you know, hey, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. Like, what if I'm on here saying that right now? You've seen Shalise, you've seen the father. And the words that I'm speaking are not my own, but these are the words that the father gave me. Because the truth is, I am not speaking these words. These words are coming straight out of the spirit. They're coming straight out of the father. And I'm living, I'm sitting down in the place right now where, yes, it's me physically, but I'm not living out of that, that identity. I'm living out of that place with union with God and miracles, beloved, are the norm for me. I I know that sounds bold, but they are. And they have been since I left to follow Jesus back in 2004. I have seen miracles that are indescribable. I've seen kneecaps grow out, you know, when there wasn't a kneecap physically created. I have seen entire deaf homes empty because the children got their hearing back. I have seen organs that have been surgically removed, created, creatively recreated in bodies. Don't even get me started on financial miracles. Do you know how much money has had to come through me and, and, and to build the things that God has, the dreams that God has had in my heart? I started with nothing. I left it all. And I can tell you, there is a father that is faithful and miracles are not optional. They are not optional for the believer. And if you're living like Gentiles and off of a paycheck and, and just doing all of this stuff that is that anybody that doesn't know Jesus can do, something is wrong. Something is wrong. And I am just, that's passionate to tell you the truth. I know it's intense. I, 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 I love you guys though. Verse 12 says this. I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do, even greater miracles than these, because I go to be with my father. And in verse 13, this is the most incredible, incredible scripture. I've been meditating on it all year because that's what the Lord has me meditating on. And I didn't know. I didn't know, obviously, we were going to be in a pandemic. But I will tell you, when I sat down at the beginning of the year on my podcast, And I told people, hey, we need to get on God's agenda and and we need to learn how to live out of our true identity in Jesus. And if you're not listening to my podcast, head on over to iTunes or all the other platforms that it's on. And, you know, I'd start listening. I'd start listening January and you got time on your hands right now. Just listen all the way through because this is God has been speaking. And one of the things that I had said is, you know, we need to get a word of God for the year. We need to get a word of of God for the quarter, a word of God for the month. And I was, you know, encouraging everybody to do that. And my word for quarter, the first quarter was breakout. Now, granted, it means a completely different thing than I thought it meant when I got the word back in January. But the point is, is that getting on the father's agenda for your life, for the planet, for the kingdom, seeking first the kingdom of God is where your life is going to be found pandemic or no pandemic. I mean, there are things that we are not going to be able to control in this world. So how much better to not be at the mercy of the world? Okay. Let me just say this. Um, verse 12. Oh, here's the scripture I've been meditating on all year. He says this, for I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask in my name. And that is how the son will show what the father is really like and bring glory to him. Verse 14 says, ask me anything in my name and I will do it for you. Now, there are a lot of people out here that will argue with me. Like, Shalice, you have this kind of access. Like, you're going to say that you can ask the father to do whatever he wants to do so that the, so that it will show what the father is really like and it will bring glory to him. Are you saying that that, that, that is what you're, well, it's first of all what I'm saying. It's what Jesus said. But yes, this is what I'm saying. 
This is what it's supposed to be like. When Jesus is is living here in verse 9 through 14, he is giving and he is showing us what living in union with God is like and what 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 the flow of your life is like when you are on your kingdom assignment when you are here doing the work that God has given you to do and you are living supernaturally and you are doing what the father is doing and you have lost your agenda and you are hearing God and 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 I will say beloved you're not going to talk me out of this because it's working it works for me you know, I made this declaration on Saturday and I said, God, I intend to prosper more in this pandemic than ever before. And it'll be part of the declaration that I that I post up here for you guys. Why? Because there's never been a better time to glorify that Jesus is who he says he is. There's never been a, a, a better time to actually manifest heaven on earth when it's the darkest. It's not you don't have to you don't have to shine that bright. The, the light is so much more easy to see when it's dark. And, and I'm sharing this because I know without a shadow of a doubt that I was born for such a time as this, that this is, it is, it is my time, but it's, what does my time mean? It means it's my time to get under you guys and it, because it's your time. It's not about me. Everything in my world is about the sons of God. Everything in my world is about the dreams that are in your heart. The dreams that are in my heart are to raise up a million millionaires. The dreams that are in my heart are to change the world to release by releasing world changers. That is what's in my heart. My heart is to release the sons of God into the full manifestation of the son of God. And so I know it's an intense Facebook live. This is just my world. I'm intense. I don't know what to say. Why? Because I see it. I see it from heaven's vantage point. I see the end. I see the end. I see myself standing before Jesus and saying, I feel finished the work that you gave me to do. My life is organized around this. And it's been organized around this for almost 16 years. And I can tell you, Jesus is faithful. He says who he, he is, who he says he is. And it is why people work with me all the time because when you're with someone that's already been there, done that, and seen Jesus show up a gazillion times, and they're still standing, and they're still in a good mood, and they still love people, and they like the church, and <clears throat> I don't know, I'm in a good mood. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, that's a testimony in and itself. You know, I, I, that I'm not that I that I didn't die in the wilderness. And so, I'm saying all of this to say, beloved, there is more than you have ever experienced in your future when you say yes to Jesus and you surrender to the call of God on your life and you make a decision that just living a normal whatever life is not what you're here to do. Uh, it, it, when Jesus said that all things are possible, if we can believe. I mean, that's kind of the tagline we've adopted for my company, except we said it this way. Rethink is the name of the company. And we why rethink, renew, renew your mind. Right. But um, what we say is uh, we say, it's all actually possible, right? Because I think it really, I just am crazy enough to believe that it really is. And I also can tell you that's why I see it. So I, I really do, my heart is really, I, I'm hurting for people that are hurting right now. And I know sometimes when I, when I talk like this, it's so strong and so bold that it's easy to think, you know, that I'm just, I don't know, insensitive. 
but I'm not beloved. This is our, this is the church's finest hour. It is time for us to fully surrender to the call of God in our lives, begin to really experience who we are in Christ, experience our union and, and get trained in how to live supernaturally. Uh, it, like Jesus trained his disciples because the world is waiting for what it is that we carry and what we carry is Jesus. And uh, I just, I can't be silent. I can't be silent in, even in the midst of, you know, the world's gone crazy. So just know that I love you. We are, are my, me and my team are here. We want, we, we have experience from people from all walks of life, helping them get from whatever life circumstances they find themselves in into discovering and living their purpose. I mean, it's why I wrote my book, The Path. If you don't have your copy, you know, go over to thepathfreebook.com, get a free ebook, go over to Amazon and get the hard copy, go through that book and do the exercises or better yet, get on a breakthrough call with us and let us walk you through how we're doing this day in and day out for people. I see, you know, we've got graduates here that are on the on the Facebook Live now. Um, you know, we post testimonies all the time. I mean, we are seeing incredible things uh, every single day and happen in people's lives. So I just love you enough to kind of, I don't know, preach the gospel to you today and uh, just know that uh, God has a plan. He has a plan in the middle of this pandemic. This is not a surprise uh, to him. And I believe for a lot of people, it is part of that plan is to wake them up so that they can surrender to the to the call of God on their life. They can fully, fully surrender. So God bless you. I love you. And we will uh, see you later in the week on another Facebook Live and uh, keep uh, pumping out the content to keep you encouraged uh, on the podcast and everything uh, during all of this. And like I said, I will post my um, prayer declaration for the pandemic uh, in the group as well. So God bless you. Love you guys. Have a great, great afternoon. Jesus is Lord. He is Lord and he lives in you. All right. Bye. All right. Awesome. You guys, I really hope that you got a lot out of this week's podcast and enjoyed the Facebook Live. And as always, I just want to encourage you here as we close that if these podcasts are blessing you, if the ministry is blessing you and encouraging you and equipping you, head on over to Shalise.com and partner with us. You can make a donation there online, and it is your generous gifts that are enabling us to continue to preach the gospel and do all kinds of free content like these podcasts. And we are blessing people from all over the world. So thank you so much for your generous support. In that. And then also, uh, if you are interested in finding more uh, out about Emerge School of Transformation or want to schedule one of the breakthrough calls that we mentioned or that I referred to in the Facebook Live, feel free to uh, contact us. You can email us at info at shalice.com. That's info at S-C-H-L-Y-C-E.com. Or like I said earlier, you can hop on over to Facebook, join the Path to Purpose uh, with Shalice Facebook group. And there are instructions there in the group on how to schedule a breakthrough call with us as well. So I look forward to hearing from you guys. And we will catch you on the next podcast. God bless you.